Be one, two, three. One, two, three. You Hello, guys. <laughs> How you going? Just introduce us this time, Zach. What? Introduce us this time. Introduce Who us. Hi, right, guys. You're listening to the People of Colour podcast. My name is Zach. Here with my co-host, Tarek El Maghrabi. Hello. And today we have a very special guest, my tutor, Joel Hawa. So introduce yourself, say hello. Sure. So, hi, I'm Joel. I'm a tutor here at Swinburne and a PhD student as well. So I'm just uh, happy to go along and... uh, We're very happy that you're here. Um, Thank you. We actually wanted, like, we've been wanting to, um, to interview somebody, like, on a on a more serious topic, yeah. like um, what the topic we're going to talk about today, and finally, and it's good, like, you, you're the first person to do something with us with us, okay. so, um, <laughs> I realised that your your last name is Hawa, yeah, it's an Arabic name, that's right, it means wind, kind of, so it's not Hawa, it's Hawa, Hawa, ah. which means Eve, Eve, yeah, yeah, Hawa, yeah, um, is it, are you Lebanese, yeah, nice, yeah. whereabouts from Lebanon, um, are you Lebanese? Are you familiar with? I know the... a lot of people from Lebanon. All right. So, um, so I'm from Babda, which is like twenty minutes away from Beirut. Oh yeah, that's not the capital. Beirut is the, the capital. capital. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Babda is, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people from there. It's like there's people from Faraya. Oh Aldeek, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. A lot of people well, up in Lebanon. Lebanon is pretty small. It's like yeah, um, but this it has a lot of towns, like a lot, a lot of different towns. It's more like villages, yeah. Because I have like a lot of people who I knew, or I used to work for Lebanese people. Yeah. And they're from Mishmish. That's in the like in the north, isn't it? I'm That's not sure exactly, but like yeah, I know, I'm I'm just trying to yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh no no, oh. I know the area. I just can't remember where yeah. it is. I think it's yeah. apricots, isn't it? Apricots. Mishmish. Mish, mish, yeah, apricots. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. Um, yeah. So um, what's your role at Swimbank? Like, what do you what do you teach? All right, so I'll just tell you first what I do, and then teaching is the sure. sort of the additional thing that I do. Yeah. So uh, I'm a PhD student, as I just mentioned, and uh, the discipline that I'm working is, in is called economic sociology, which means I study the behavior of groups and society in an economic setting. For yeah. example, I would study uh, the behavior of uh, entrepreneurs in a certain um, um, in in the market, for example, yeah. so that that's uh, in a natural, yeah, 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 that's these sort of things. Yeah. Um, I so apart from that, I'm also tutoring. Uh, so I tutor firstly I tutor the innovative business practices yeah. course. And, and that's that's shout out. Yeah, that's that's yeah, then the. I've tutored as well entrepreneurship and opportunity. I'm doing now creative. Oh, I was doing that. I was I was doing that this semester. Were um, you? I've uh, I've actually filled in for Rick, on one week. Yeah, Rick. Rick. He's the Canadian yeah. guy, isn't he? He's uh, yeah. Yeah. I I did it. We I went to the, to the first week, and um, I was told. Sorry, do you edit these? We can, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just asking. Is it part of the pod- podcast now? Yeah, yeah we started. Yeah. Uh, I'm We're sorry. live. Yeah. <laughs> Are we? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's all right. It's more authentic uh, this way. Yeah. Um, okay. You dropped it. Just say it. You dropped it. I did drop it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of work. It's like a lot of submitting stuff. There is a lot know? of work. And uh, the blackboard yeah. was way different than all the other units. And, it is. Um, it is actually. Um, uh, these are, in a certain sense, it. 
soon they're trying to integrate a bit more progressive approach to learning yeah. rather than just being more of a passive Standard. learner of sitting and then you have the lecturer yeah. taking notes going doing your exam yeah. here it's more about everyone's learning in the classroom so it's yeah. like interactive learning that's why we sort of emphasize a lot on communication and interaction between students okay yeah. uh, and interaction between students and the tutor for example so that's very important for yeah uh, in, in terms of educational outcomes but as well in terms of uh, social outcomes for the students to connect yeah. a little bit yeah. to yeah. make friends yeah. Yeah. to feel that they belong because a lot of people like I met a lot of people who are in their third year and it's like they only go to classes and go home they don't know anybody from you know anything which is it's pretty much like the yeah. major aspect like besides learning it's the major like aspect yeah, you get yeah. from, from uni it's like you make make friends make yeah, connections absolutely yeah. and, and that's very important it's uh, like uh, especially for the unit innovative business practices it's you can say it's one of the 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 focus of of the course is to actually maybe students don't really realize that at first yeah. but it's actually one of the main things is to make uh, you guys interact together I mean, and yeah, I mean realistically like if you if you go to uni for like a three-year degree yeah you know, you have people going into the workforce who may be three years ahead of you at the same time as you. So having those extra contacts yep. can really help you get your yeah. foot in the door in some organisations. Like. Absolutely. Like, you never know who you're going to meet. You never exactly. know yeah, who and they like if would you're know. And, like, if you get close to um, to a tutor, he'll let you know. Like, he'll give you some head start on, like, somewhere and just give you an advice on where to apply or which company to go for. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, look, think of it in terms of networking as well. The more you network, the more you'd be able to, uh, uh, the more you'd be able to not just achieve what you want to achieve, but as I said, like uh, connect with other people, access to resources, yeah, for example. And yeah. especially we, we always uh, emphasize that in entrepreneurship. So one of the main things to be a really good entrepreneur, let's say, is to really know how to network yeah. and to access like, uh, resources through yeah. networking and through people. Yeah. So your your actual um, PhD. What? So you were saying that your thesis is now due in August. Yeah. That's so right. what's your thesis on? Like, what's your whole? Yeah. Sure. Research? So, so look. If you look at Australia, especially Melbourne as well included, and if you think of all the research that's being done at the university, uh, one of the main things is all of this research stays in publications or. It stays within the university and within the field of the universities, let's yeah. say, but it's not being translated into something that can be useful for society. Okay. okay? Yeah. And uh, one of the main problems in Australia is to translate this research into something that is commercialized. So are you saying, like, from the point of view where we have academic transcripts and we have like research? Yeah, papers? you've got like you've got really good discoveries, right, in the labs and stuff like that. But how would you but take? But it's not put in lens terms. Yeah. Yeah. How? Or yeah. applied to the current. So like, so your so your current research is taking evidence from research papers and trying to apply it from a commercialized aspect not really so so that's the main problem that i'm looking yeah. at right okay. it's this translation and to yeah. have a really good translation you need to have a good ecosystem so you need to have a really good infrastructure for example you need to have really good universities you need to have a good uh, financial infrastructure which means you have to have um a good venture capital industry. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with what venture capital is? Yeah, so you let's need say people investors. Money to yeah, invest. yeah, yeah. Let's think. You need to have like a good community of investors. 
uh, you need to have as well uh, something that we call an entrepreneurial orientation. So yep, you need yep, to yep. have uh, people that are willing to take risks and yep. uh, that they are willing to go through this journey. It's a very tough journey uh, to uh, commercialize their products or achieve their vision, etc. Okay, okay. So that's, that's very important. So yep, my yep. focus specifically on is how do these entrepreneurs, let's say, not just entrepreneurs, but as a whole, how in terms of this ecosystem, what what is funding like? So in a sense that uh, how do entrepreneurs raise, try to raise money? Okay. Yeah. And how do they, how do they do that? How do they, do they see uh, venture capitalists or how do they see, uh, or, uh, or I'd like to, uh, to use the term more, how do they make sense of these other players yeah. in the field to strategize and decide okay. whether or not they'd like to work with them? Yeah. And Okay. Do you want to say anything? No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. very And on the other hand, how, for example, uh, investors, how do they see other players? How do they make sense of other players to decide yeah. whether or not they would like to fund them or yeah. they would like... Because at the end of the day, sometimes investors, or we call them fund managers, what they do is they manage other people's money. So some investors, they have other investors and shareholders of that course. they yeah, yeah. raise money. So, so what's their word like? Okay, what yeah. does it and and how do they strategize accordingly and policymakers as well okay, so what's so, their role what's the government's yeah. role in all of that so based on that do you find that the you know from like the investor climate is more they're investing purely for capital so they're purely investing for gains or they want to invest for you know things like progression in the country um, yeah you know, so that's causes. that's what i've been trying to so absolutely, when you when you interview them, their main interest, let's say, they have a financial interest, right? Because their main thing is to uh, make money, and at the end of the day, they need a return on investment, not just yeah, for yeah. them, but also for Stay for their problems. shareholders, right? Yeah. So that's their main, uh, let's say, main interest, but also their main goal. So by having this this sort of thinking, it can it can uh, it can sort of uh, overtake other other sort of interests for example their let's say their uh, we call it their business collective action goal which is how can we create a good ecosystem yeah. right so sometimes they prefer their own interest on creating a big ecosystem and this this applies as well on all different actors so each yeah. type or group of people yeah. let's say entrepreneurs have different interests and different goals in mind yeah. and and sometimes they might clash in a way and might constrain or enable it depends the the growth of the yeah. ecosystem so realistically you probably want an ecosystem where the values or the goals are very much aligned However, well, well you, you need that to have a good ecosystem yeah, like you yeah. need to have some sort of we call this in sociology a, a collective action so if you think okay. for example if you think of this ecosystem as a field like if you think of social movements right in social movements, usually you have uh, groups of people or some important people, and what they try to do is they try to convince others to join them on their uh, on this cause, like a yeah. Martin Luther King or yeah. a Malcolm yeah. X sort of thing, like yeah. that. For yeah. example, yeah, and 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 when they try to convince others to join them, at the end they might sort of overtake or change the dynamic of the system, right? Oh, change okay. the, yeah, yeah. the the uh, the the rulers, etc., etc. So if we think of it on a, on a more economic uh, sense, right, and if yeah. we think of how social movements work, where you've got people trying to influence others and trying to convince them, and in the end having some sort of frame that 
that everyone's working towards and, and wanting to accomplish in the end one main goal. We would like to see that for, for, for an ecosystem or a field to grow, you would need this same behavior of having people within this field, of having, for example, investors or entrepreneurs or policymakers yeah. or some key pe uh, people there trying to convince others to say, okay, we need to work towards this ecosystem. We need to build this ecosystem. Yeah. How do we do that? And convincing others that this is the way to go. Okay, it is in your interest yeah. to grow the ecosystem. It's similar to what um, I don't know if it's if it is or not, like what Elon Musk is doing with Tesla and SpaceX, how he wants to make like for SpaceX to make it a cheaper um, space. Um, I don't know, like yeah. So what he did, Elon, Elon Musk yeah, did something interesting. So uh, if we if you think of. Uh, uh, for, for example, if you think of uh, astronomy and space, and yeah. uh, first it was mainly uh, governed and mainly ran by uh, by the public, so it yeah, by, by, the, by by taxpayers, yeah. by the yeah. government, right? So you've got NASA, which is a yeah. government organization, and, uh, and it's pretty much started because and it was a race between Russia and America yeah. to go so, to the moon. So within that, you always have a lot of bureaucracies, right? Yeah, and so. Um, processes might be slower, everything might be slower, everything yeah. would cost more to do, right? Because yeah. you've got different layers Levels, that you need yep, to yep, yep. go yeah. through, right? So what Elon Musk did is said, well, if we privatize that, I can make it cheaper, I can streamline it, exactly. because you're not within a certain bureaucracy. Yes. And that's the opportunity that he, he sort of capitalized on. Yeah. So I thought, well, if it's cheaper to, well, it's cheaper to make, make a spaceship than actually going through this whole yeah. public system. And that's what he did. It's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, much it. Yeah. And um, and similar similar thing with Tesla. What he did, he, he said, like he he brought, I'm pretty sure like he brought people together. But he he made it to seem as a way like this is the future, electric cars are the future, hmm. and we need to make this because there's no other company that makes completely. Absolutely, electric cars. he's definitely a visionary. And we th if we think of market as well, again yeah. in terms of social uh, movements. What he is doing is he is actually trying drawing people more and more into exactly. into this movement of uh, going more into electric cars, etc. Yeah. And and because of that, now other companies have started to join in that. And yeah, it's sort of he's sort of changing the dynamic of yeah. this whole transportation uh, industry. And the first person I think of, like who, who did that? I'm pretty sure he did. Like people did it before, but Steve Jobs is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. He, he made people like he made it as a like as a this is also like what Elon Musk did this is the future this is the best thing that's going to happen and he he sent that message through successfully to people to be like oh my god the iPhone is the best thing ever yeah much. yeah yeah mm -hmm. so, so he's definitely a, a key actor or a, yeah. I, I call him a socially skilled actor who knows yeah. how to convince other in a way like because he yeah. was yeah because he wasn't he wasn't like in the technological aspect of it he was just. Oh, he, uh, he was a little bit like he. His company actually got, uh, like absorbed by Apple because he was started. Yeah, Apple. it was Macintosh. He went away. Um, I think it's it was a company that had an X in it. That's um, right. He went away, and then and then oh, on a certain software. condition, he he went back in. So. That, oh. Yeah. But but mainly after taking the role as a CEO etc. He was less. He has always been involved absolutely in the technology, but he was let's say more involved in, in driving the yeah. vision because 
at the end of the day, you can't. It's a bit, it's a bit interesting because, um, you know, one of the things we're learning in innovative, innovative, innovative business, yeah. as well as the English language, <laughs> is um, trying to understand our strengths. So, yeah, that's right. you know, it's a really good example of how Steve Jobs, whether by his own hand or by the people involved in Apple, decided that his attributes were better suited to motivating and being that visionary behind Apple, being the face of Apple, yeah, as opposed to some of his other co co host or co as opposed Your to some of the other people who yeah. became yeah. more of the back end. Sometimes yeah. these things as well emerge. Like it depends on let's say your characters and your skills and how uh, how they emerge naturally. Yeah, and and this is how to a certain extent you'd be positioned. And within society or within yeah. a group of people or within a certain organization. So, ba- I mean, so I actually had this argument with my friend um, the other night and my yeah. wife was involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought, up, I brought up the topic. So based on your, like, your experience in yeah. the sociolo- sociology field, yeah. do you believe that something like leadership is born, it's like innate or it's something you learn? That, that's always been a, a question and a, and a debate yeah. around that. I think to a certain extent, it can be um, sort of nature for some people, where some people are, I'd say, born with it in a sense, not like genetically born with it, but I would say because of a certain type of... The way they're raised, kind of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would call this, uh, let's say, um, in a sociological term, uh, term, I would call it like a habitus, for example, the routines that you get since you are a child, yeah. the observations that you take from your environment, from your parents, uh, yeah. uh, how you've been raised in a way, sometimes it would become natural for you to uh, to be, uh, let's say, uh, have the attributes of a leader. Yeah. And, and when it's not, it definitely can be learned, okay? Because we, uh, as individuals, ha- uh, can definitely observe, learn, change of be- our behavior if you want yeah. to. Maybe it, it's definitely going to be more difficult, takes more time. Sometimes it might take months, years to adopt a certain behavior, okay? Yeah. It's not like from one day to another, I decide to be a leader and thus I'm yeah. a leader now. No, it's, it's a, it can be a learned behavior practiced every day, yeah. almost in the smallest thing that you do, being aware of it. Yeah. That's very important. If you're not aware of it, you won't be able to work on it properly mm. and be very exactly. reflective around what yeah. you do. And definitely there will be a lot of relapses. Where, <clears throat> sorry, because if it's not within your ne- nature, yeah. right? Sometimes you can't keep up with it the whole time and you yeah. will have relapses. But to a certain point, it can be integrated within you as, a, as an individual and you can definitely learn it and learn yeah. to become a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm doing this unit, Leadership in Context yeah. now. And this is like the biggest question we have, like this whole unit. Yeah. Is it born or like, it, are you born it's with it? Still, like, it's still an ongoing yeah. debate. It's, it's all, definitely like, it's, still an ongoing debate. From my point of view, like it's it's a bit of both, really. Mm. Like you can be you can be born with it to a certain like to a certain extent, but to yeah. to grow in it, you have to learn. Like you have to you have to be able to practice it. This yeah. is my argument. <clears throat> no, like and and I really had to think about this because I was arguing with both of them. Yeah. So you look at, for example, I, we mentioned I mentioned Martin Luther King before. Yeah, yeah. Now you would have had a thousand other boys who grew up in the same circumstances as him. Yeah. In a similar household, similar sort of experiences. You know, back of the bus, eat, pick up food from the back. But why was it him that took up the mantle for the you know the black people at that time? Absolutely, that's why I call it the habitus. So the habitus, it's not just what you would learn it's not just your environment <coughs> shaping you it's yeah. as well you shaping the environment so there's always 
one like an, a certain aspect within you so you can think of it as a mechanism where yeah. I'm I've got all these information and all these observations that I take in and then I transform them in a way and yeah. then sort of have yeah. a certain outcome or uh, or react to them in a certain way so that's that's why I'm saying yeah I, I do agree with what you're saying it's it doesn't necessarily mean that if you raise everyone in certain condition that they will have the same result yeah. they yeah. will act Similarly, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so just going on to more like, so like obviously like, you know, in the, in our co-acing before this, we wanted to get into more of like the social sure. aspect yeah. of um, cultures and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, sure. um, so I guess the first thing we want to ask is, so what kind of dictates or determines how people kind of choose to decide to, you know, sort of group up with in their, in their day to day lives? Like, so obviously in Melbourne, um, you have like a lot of like sort of international hotspots. Yeah. So for example, if you go to like Sydney Road, it's more like the Turkish, like uh, Arabian sort of yeah. aspect. If you go to like Springvale, it's Vietnamese. Um, so like what, what kind of factors determine that sort of grouping, so to speak? Okay, so uh, first I, I'd like to go back in terms of social psychology and how, how we sort of see things as people. So in order to um, simplify everything around us, all the information around us, what we do is we categorize things. Okay, categorize things can be as well stereotyping things, right? So yeah. we put them in a box. So that that way we can our mental models or the way that we think and the way that we let's say if you have a have a a mental uh, map in your head, yeah. right? You need you you what you do as an individual, you try to build a certain map to simplify everything around you, and you box them and categorize them. Now this category uh, this category can be cognitive in a way that you try to in, invent it so it can be easier for you as an individual yeah. but also it can be social and this is what we call it a frame of reference where, where for instance depends on how the society is you start thinking like the society okay you follow yeah. what's out there and you box them accordingly right so that's that's one thing in terms of how we see things and when we, when we want to go th- and when we want to develop groups or try to join a certain membership, we call them, okay, yeah. because that's how we are. We, we always try to identify ourselves with a certain a group, okay? Yeah. Either, for example, the gender or, uh, for example, uh, sometimes some people, a race, etc., etc. So these are yeah. all uh, sort of uh, groups that we'd like to associate with. One of them, it could be as well, ethnicity, okay? Yeah. And... And you always find yourself easier to connect with someone like you, in a sense, yeah. okay? Uh, and this is also in a sociological aspect in the field as well. I'll go back to this. Uh, people try to, or actors, they try to find who uh, uh, either imitate each other or try to find who is like me, yeah. okay? And to a certain extent, you try to join these type of groups to find or uh, where these I call them salient groups where you find yourself that you would belong more to them okay so then you see why for example you've got these different communities where you can identify yourself more as it and then to a certain extent you would have some sort of um, a psychological group mentality right so that's Uh, why they would have a certain type of behavior shared beliefs etc etc because I had the same thing when I was doing tape in 2014 yeah we were like a group of 25 people in the class yeah but it was like all different 
nationalities, but everybody was grouped, like, as you said, grouped with each other. The Australians were together. Yeah. The girls were together. And the Asian people were together. Yeah. And um, it was it was really difficult to get with people because I was, I was like, I was the only Egyptian one there. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't get along with any of them. Hmm. So it was... Uh, there's it was pretty hard. There's always it, yeah. definitely barriers in terms yeah. of how to enter group. So I'll give you an example and then we'll go back to this sure. uh, grouping thing. So let's say that you've got a group of athletes, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got females and males, let's say, example, yeah. uh, or other uh, people that would identify differently. And then you go into a party, let's say, and yeah. within the party, uh, you would ask, for example, some people or how they would feel that they would identify if there's like a mixed type of people within the party the salient group for them is that i am an athlete so uh, they would try to identify themselves within this uh, party as um, i belong to the athlete group versus the uh, let's say other type of people that are in the party but if you go into this uh, party and then you would find for example that there's only men in the party then the salient group would not be I am an athlete anymore the salient group would be I am female or I am other yeah okay see how you start identifying yourself and similarly if we go into this class so for you what you've done is you've noticed that the most salient group there is that people are identifying themselves uh, depending on their nationalities or ethnicity and that's why you couldn't be able to identify yourself part of any group okay and to a certain extent your colleagues as well they 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 sort of shared this salient group where you see why they're grouping within this aspect however what you what what you can do usually is to stop this um, so there's a big literature it's called on prejudice reduction of how yeah. can we cross oh wow how, how can we cross this yeah. uh, barrier okay uh, which is it's either you would keep these identities and you would create uh, a different uh, identity that everyone can connect to for yeah. example if if i would say if i would try for example instead of the we and uh, them group this yeah. is how how it's always like that the inside the in group and the outside group and you always tend to prefer the in group yeah over the outside group it's like a, oh, you're more comfortable yeah you're more comfortable it's yeah. it's us yeah. versus them it's always yeah. kind of that way so it's very exclusive kind of behavior consciously or or uh, subconsciously. subconsciously yeah um and and within this us versus them what you can do is try to decategorize this because the other groups you are putting them in a box okay yeah. you are sort of putting them in a certain category what you do is you can create a superordinate group we call them that everyone can relate to for uh, example uh, for example so what yeah. what was your subject it was international business so everyone if you can create this superordinate group of international business, business yeah. And everyone would be identifying themselves yeah. as international, international business students, then you would be sort of breaking the barrier yeah, of these groups of, and yeah. merging them more together. Thinking about it now, it makes sense because if we, like for example, we go to, we go somewhere, like to a function and it's, yeah. like, it's from international business, all like people from different groups. Yeah. But we'd all identify as we're the international business people, so we'd group up together. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's always that way. Oh, for example, for example, if you go, if you, if you, 
every day if you walk down the street and you sort of find someone but you never say hello to that person if you take both of you and put you in a situation which is non-familiar to where you see them and you both of you you don't know anyone you start talking to each other yeah so like for example right um you spoke about athletes so um if we were like so let's say for example right we take a soccer team international like real madrid right yeah so basically what you're saying is that if they were to be at a party right and they with other athletes so that they could the salient group yeah will no longer be athletes no right so they would probably try and find people that they have would the say most that in common I'm part of the soccer yeah uh, it, the category could be soccer if other groups are like tennis players yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever. so like what yeah. so what i think what you're saying is that when people ch- decide who to group with or choose who they want to keep close it's something that they choose to categorize with yeah. So, for example... They identify with. They yeah. identify with. So, in... Oh, I don't know. Um, so, currently, the reason why these people choose to move to certain areas is because they want to be close to people they identify with from a racial or ethnic point of view. Yes. Yeah. yes. So, in terms of trying to break down these barriers, how do you think we could um, have people relate to things like... So, for example, um, values. So... A lot of, of a lot of the Australian values revolve around mateship and honesty, which are universal. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of, how, what what can happen that we can kind of debunk the initial category or identity and focus more on like holistic things like values and morals? Yeah. So so one thing is that you can take it from a different perspective. You can ask: Is it a problem that you have these different uh, sub? Uh, identities sometimes it's not a problem okay mm-hmm. if these if you can still identify yourself in a certain category but at the same time interact with another uh, with yep. another group it it doesn't mean that what you need to do is you need to deconstruct totally these categories yep. okay as long as you are able to align yourself with another group yeah okay so again i would say uh, so so there's there's a debate around that. So there's a debate around, and, and I'll tell you what, if, if for example, you've got a more dominant group, okay? Yeah. And then um, you've got a more dominant group and you've got more uh, like uh, less powerful groups. Yeah. If these powerful groups, so what the dominant group tries to do is let's everyone try to uh, identify with this, uh, with this, uh, so let's say. So like the cool kid group. The cool kid group. Let's say yeah. the cool kid group said that let's try everyone and identify with, uh, I don't know, uh, a yellow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just giving an example. They, they, they sort of decided that yellow is what groups everyone. And if yeah. everyone, if these, uh, if these less powerful groups decided that, okay, we'll identify with yellow, and then you will see that they would, there would be not some sort of collective action and try to uh, keep their identities but everyone sort of is yellow now and and the whole flow went within the interest of the more powerful group and this is usually but but that doesn't mean sometimes it's a bad thing as yeah. long yeah. as the less powerful group feels that they do belong to the yellow and they're fine yeah. with it okay sometimes you would say that at the same time i can keep my own identities my own color wearing the uh, um, yeah 
yeah. being yellow as well, for example. So it's, it's sort of always a debate in terms yeah. of what can... And if you ask the less powerful group, they always would tell you that... So the more powerful group, it is in their interest to identify everyone as yellow because that's yeah. what they set their rules on. But the less powerful group would always would say, no, I want to keep my own identity because yeah. this is my own identity. So that's yeah. always why you've got these uh, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it gives me an idea of like how to get to know people. It's like, like from different groups. Um, you try to find something that is yeah, common between you and then... Yeah, yeah. So this is this is this is yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because then you can identify in in that. So for example, so what we do at the university, one of the main thing. Why do we always try when we try to do like group teams? And this is yeah. a lot of students are not aware of it, or they would find it a pretty boring yeah. exercise. For example, oh, we need to you know uh, try to work within teams or try to think of what teams are. Yeah. But one of the things is because we want to try to break these certain categories that people yeah, have yeah. and try try that they would identify it with with something that is can be uh, yeah. can be sort of Universal. that would cor- yeah correspond with the group. So for example, we always try to we always try to emphasize on the role of diversity within groups yeah. instead of having groups with that you've already know people, people yeah. that you, yeah, yeah yeah so because that's why they always say change seats and go sit there yeah yeah because we we do want people to identify themselves with not yeah. within who they are coming to class but with identify themselves with the class yeah. oh, so like for example like going back to the you know having like a dominant group so let's say like the like the dominant like obviously we're, we're in australia yeah okay so like the the dominant group or like is the in terms of like nationality wise is to identify as Australian. Yeah. Now there's nothing wrong with identifying as Australian and another ethnicity. Yeah. But you kind of find that it's usually one or the other. Is there any any like sort of reasoning or could it be like for example um like you know these people haven't really interacted with many people who are considered Absolutely. Australian or yeah. they've had a bad experience. Yeah. Like, what kind of leads to that sort of you know one or the other like why yeah it both? could be it could be in a way because um it could be in a way because these groups can sometimes be 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 closed with it not like they would like to stay within the the bubble that they are in yeah. okay so one of the things usually what we what what the theory and the research has has done and proved to work efficiently is to we call it like the contact uh contact theory which means that try to connect two different groups together okay try to try them to be more in contact so they can learn more about each other decontextualize their shared beliefs that they've got and Uh, then connect on things that they yes and then yes and then then you would create different you would create different beliefs you would create uh, more shared values and then you could you could uh, let's say identify if yeah. you want as uh, just Australian in a way because obviously I mean like you know beliefs and values um, like you know for example breaking breaking into someone's house it's universally unaccepted yeah um, but I think that unfortunately a lot of the probably the issues that we face having so many different people is that we forget that you know things that are bad are generally bad everywhere Mm-hmm. But we prefer to focus on where the person comes from or what language they speak. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of like, or I could be wrong here, but cut ourselves off 
to that whole group of people based mm-hmm. on that without actually getting to know them understanding what they've gone through to come here exactly yeah. so these are uh, <coughs> this is prejudice which is categorizing people in a negative way sometimes yeah. uh, mainly prejudice is actually categorizing people in a negative way without re- uh, without really having a uh, a rationale behind it or yeah. a motive or anything just because right yeah. just because we don't know them just because society sees them that way that we start seeing them and reinforcing how society is working yeah. right so these that's that's uh, one of the main thing instead of actually being more open uh, connecting building yeah. uh, more shared values uh, be and uh, being more empathetic as well yeah absolutely but would um like for example a friend of mine yeah. um his grandfather uh, wasn't was at war yeah and he was attacked by he was in in Japan I think in Vietnam um and he was so like he had a lot of traumatic experience from it and he grew like irrational hate to that type of people mm. um and would that be considered prejudice like he had a lot of traumatic experience so like he he just cut himself off of that whole mm. race. race pretty much um no so this so this is based on on past ex- experience and yeah. being traumatized from a from from this past experience yeah and you would understand why uh, he would have this certain type of behavior. Yeah. The next step would be is how to sh- how to overcome this. Yeah. How to not generalize. Yeah. How to categorize this past experience within a certain uh, frame, yeah. rather than uh, generalize from it. That's because that's what that's we a, do as as yeah. people based on our past experiences. We make sometimes. Uh, future decisions or we 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 take yeah. or sometimes we we try to predict things because that's what happened before or we take impressions or attitudes towards yeah. people like because one one spoiled apple apple spoiled one bad apple spoils a bunch sort of thing yeah, yeah because and 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 when you experience things it's much more intense than than actually knowing them theoretically yeah and it's yeah. basically what's happening in the world right now with like within in terms of like terrorism and stuff people grew irrational hate on Muslims. Like yeah. a lot of people did. So these are... From, yeah, yeah, from like just a group of people mm. um, who, who are doing really bad stuff. Yeah. Like... And we call this now... Uh, there's a sociologist, uh, his name is Jan Beckert. He called the culture, the global culture now as the, the risk culture, which means like... Uh, the fear culture, the risk culture, fear culture, I can't remember properly, but the idea is around that is how do we protect ourselves all the time yeah. from... But it's gone It's gone to like yeah. a completely, like, yeah. really ridiculous level. Yeah. That, like, I... Because my, my mom's a teacher, and she... Um, there's a lot of stuff that she told me is... Like, there's a... Like, they, people tolerate no violence whatsoever. So there's a kid who was pretending to have, a, like, a... A gun, well, like he's have, like he's playing with a gun with his hand like that. Yeah. And he got suspended because of that, because they tolerate no violence, and that's that's a sign of violence. Mm. Which is like for me, I don't like I don't know what you would think about it, but for me, it's like a ridiculous type of, you know, no tolerance. Yeah, it's like mm. it, I, I the don't kid think is just at playing. that point the kid understand understood what he was actually uh, doing. Yeah, yeah, understood. Like, is it is it only playing and, but. One of the things I do understand why this sort of um, 
like th these sort of regulations or these sort of yeah. behaviors are becoming be because they can to a certain extent turn into something more yeah. serious because especially when ch children what they do with children is the way that they learn is and and basically what an adults the way that they learn people how they learn is we call it they learn through play okay so they do a lot of uh, uh, scenarios or uh, role playing and that's how they learn okay yeah. so so one of the fears is is playing with a gun yeah what would lead learning to do what for example yeah. what sort of okay. learnings is this child doing while playing with a gun so it's kind of like if you because that's that's how they learn children yeah. Yeah. yeah so for example if you make it very clear cut that guns are unacceptable then even though maybe they won't realize at the time but then from that point on if they can link the experience that bad experience of playing with a gun yeah. Two guns in real life. Mm. Is that where they're trying to they're trying to paint that picture where, as a child, you experience having a play gun, you got in trouble. Will that affect your mindset towards guns later on in life? In a way, yes. In a way, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's always like different. With because yeah, because for you as an adult, you would see the kids only playing, but yeah. the kids would not just be. Uh, the ch child would not just be playing. Because they have an imaginary mind. Be, that's yeah. how they learn through their yeah. imagination and trying to imitate adults and trying yeah. to. They're very curious children. Yeah. And uh, for example, if if you want a child to learn, like you you would see children trying to put their hands on anything, like anything, in the kitchen, yeah. trying to imitate cooking and and yeah. uh, trying to imitate really random things for example well, like even your parents like they try to imitate their parents behind they always as well. that's what they do yeah. they imitate they learn they observe they learn uh, you know like you would ask like what are they learning that's why it's always very yeah i think that's that's why that's the perception of the school that's yeah. why that very they're very strict about that is that what is it gonna turn into it yeah. could stay in terms of the frame of playing yeah you know but you never you never know but so they would rather just but yeah they would rather yes the, they risk, would the world yeah. risk culture comes into play yeah, it's yeah. more about minimizing the risk minimizing the risk taking a chance and having at someone. all costs yeah yeah um, yeah so in terms of like, like something practical in terms of like breaking down barriers obviously in universities it's done really well because you know we meet people regardless of their background doing the same sort of classes but in terms of like you know out in the in the real world what kind of activities or sort of initi initiatives could be created to kind of you know create more coercive behaviors between people of different races and whatnot yeah i mean absolutely there there should be i'm i'm, I'm not an expert in terms of what sort of policies there oh, okay. are in place yeah. Yeah. to to just on just based on your opinion do you yeah think? i i would think definitely there should be more awareness and education and like uh, some sort of um what do you call them campaigns yeah uh, because this is very important to have more campaigns i would say as well uh, integrate them within whatever you see on social media not just social media as well as uh, movies like you have yeah. no idea how much movies can influence that the way you see the world is that why you're a fan huh? i saw your credit city platform did a bit of research and and what you're research? you're a film uh cinephile yeah yeah i i, I cinephile yes, yes yes but i mean if you if you if you look at movies and you analyze like i mean i'll give you an example if you 
watch Hollywood movies, which are the most mainstream ones, where yeah. everyone almost watches uh, uh, Hollywood movies, yeah. you would see like the changes in characters, the changes in in this in the in the in the roles that they do as well, which a lot of young people and a lot of children they learn from these type of behaviors and they learn from whatever they're watching again mm. again children love to observe and and yeah. love that's that's how they learn so that's that's just an example that that could be done and i i, I would definitely would say that uh, changing whatever you see on tv definitely influence your uh, it's definitely going to influence the way that you think change uh, having more uh, awareness or campaigns around uh, having a multicultural society and yeah. uh, respecting each other this would uh, definitely uh, improve on that and, and as well and most importantly the parents i mean yeah that's absolutely that's it in always terms comes of, from that's yeah. in terms of uh, yeah in terms of uh, children yeah yeah so um, my wife's currently seven and a half months pregnant. Okay. And um, I had the scare that's, of my life last night. Oh, yeah. I had yeah, yeah. the scare of my life. So I was sleeping um, <laughs> and all of a sudden she grabs my hand, right? She grabs it really tightly and I hear heavy breathing. I'm like, I'm like, because I'm, like, I'm trying to like, hope, I'm hoping it'll pass. I'm hoping it'll pass and I can just go to sleep, right? And then she doesn't stop letting go and she starts to grab it to the other hand. I'm like, oh my God. And then these thoughts coming start coming to my mind. I'm like, seven, she's so early. What? It can't be now. We don't even have like the, the baby stuff set up. Like we, we have a few things and whatnot, but we're like, we haven't got the pram, we don't have the car seat. There's so much to get done. And then, so I'm like, so my mind is starting to pack. I'm like, babe, baby, okay. She just, she can't say anything because she's in so much pain. And then she's like, I'm like, babe, you okay? Like, do, do, I, do I need to get, like, do I need to turn the car on? She was having cramps in her calves. <laughs> she was cramping in her calves. Oh my God. So... But I obviously feel like I help, I helped her, like, you know, be in a less painful position. And then I look at the times, like, 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm like, this, this isn't fair. This, this, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not saying I'm scared I wasn't ready, but I'm just like, there was just so many things that went through my head in that time. Oh, yeah, um, your mind just went into, like, 100 miles oh an hour. Oh, my God. It was, it, I was, if, in terms of, like, fight or flight, I was, like, flight, man. And, uh, oh, was, like, I need to go. It was like, it was like, oh, my God, dude, it can't be happening now. Jeez. Uh, Joel, now you're so. actually going to be part of a podcast first. Yeah. Fire so in the pock. There's a lot of firsts in this. The guests, oh not hot, fire in the pock. So how this works is, Tarek is going to ask you a quick, wire, quick fire, five questions, and you have to answer straight away. Okay. okay. Um, so, Fatush or Tabule? Tabule. Um, what are Anab or Sushi Rolls? What are Anab? Nice. It's always, it's always, it's the best thing you ever. You can take the girl it's... out of Lebanon, you can't take the Lebanon out of the girl. <laughs> Um, Raushe or the Twelve Apostles? Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been? I have been. Okay. I would say I would say the Twelve Apostles. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> why? Because it's, it's just, just... It just looks more aesthetically beautiful, I reckon. Yeah. I saw, but I saw the picture, I reckon the... It's Google. It's okay. like... It's it's, like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's really good. It's just one... Uh, oh, okay. So it's, it's, <laughs> one Apostle, not Twelve. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's on the Mediterranean Sea. It's yeah. not like on in the ocean. Yeah, it's okay. it's just a so like, totally different. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, where was your home town? Ba ba. It was with a B. Babda. Babda. Yeah. Or Melbourne. 
It's like it's complete. Okay, let's say Beirut or Melbourne because Beirut is bigger. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, this is a very d- tough one for me because I'm, I'm in between at the moment. Okay. So, uh, it's always... Flip of a coin. Flip of a coin. <laughs> it's always, yeah, because it's the case uh, for me with Alexandria from where I'm from. I think um, the problem is if you ask me this question in Beirut, I would say Melbourne. And if you ask me this question in Melbourne, I would say Beirut. Because you always, like, you always miss the other you, place. Yeah. There's yeah. always, like, this we case. Have, we have yeah. a saying in Malay. Um, sorry. Dekat, dekat babusu. Tapi jauh jauh bau sedap means the closer you are, the better the smell, and the further you are away, the better the smell. Excellent. So like when yeah. you're yeah. when you're, when exactly you're like right. there, you it's like exactly you, you right. only notice the bad things, but then when, yeah. when you're away, you only notice the good things. Yeah, absolutely. So I, okay, it's such a psychological, psychological thing. You always think of the I don't know yeah, why. Exactly. Like, you yeah, always yeah. like like to complain about stuff. Yeah. Like especially here in Melbourne, like people are always complaining about the weather. Today was such like, a nice day, though. I work like I work in retail, so like the like the easiest way to like to to yeah, for the yeah. small talk is about the weather. Yeah, people are always complaining about it. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's pretty much it's pretty similar. Yeah. and then when you go somewhere, it's like it's always cold. It's like oh, I miss Melbourne weather. It was exactly. hot. It was yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Um. Okay. Um. Swinburne or Monash? Well, I don't really know Monash. I'd say Swinburne. Okay. Right. Have you done your PhD here in Swinburne? Yeah, I'm doing my PhD oh. here in Swinburne. Oh, because I don't know why I assumed it's like... I thought we were going to ask a sausage roll or party or meat pie. Well, I'm Ooh. vegetarian, neither. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, we'll, yeah, go, you are. We'll, go, we'll go vegetable pasty or spinach and ricotta roll. Spinach, spinach and ricotta, ricotta always. Oh, for me, it's dependent on the weather. Like, oh, really? <laughs> a, hot, a hot part of vegetable pasty in winter, so it's spinach ricotta roll. <laughs> All right, well, Joel... Thanks so much for ha- uh, for for Thank coming to the for podcast. Thank you for having me. turned the classiness meter up in here a little bit. We're sorry. We were very we were very professional. We were very, today, yeah. so we Thank you for <laughs> coming la- on. <laughs> the last episode we were talking about bidets and things of that nature. So uh, yeah. we'll leave it that. <laughs> so um, yeah, thanks so much, and um, we hope you listen to the podcast when it comes out. Um, it's going to be on facebook.com slash podcast are there, any, are there any handles or any I saw your Instagram as well you're a dog fan yeah I have two dogs a, d- a Dershund a and, and a Chihuahua which one's oh, your nice. favourite oh Chihuahua oh. really <laughs> I'm gonna tell you dog a lot of people a, love Dershunds well yeah he's very needy but the Chihuahua I have a soft spot special Just, connection with him oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a different topic uh, for a different episode because dogs are amazing. I love dogs. Um, all right, Joel, thanks right. so much. Thank you. This has been the People of Color podcast, and uh, we'll see you probably next week. Uh, they need to know where they can find us first. Oh, I said facebook.com slash podcast. Instagram? Instagram.com slash podcast. No, it's People of Color podcast. It's a People of Color podcast. On Instagram, yeah. We're very professional where we know all handles. Is there anywhere you want people to find you? Anywhere you want to get some funding for your research? Like from from all from all three people listening to the podcast. Hey now, hey now. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you guys. Love you. Bye.